Welcome, and thank you for being with us tonight, Monday, September 19th, 2016. I'm Bonnie Hamlin, a member of the League of Women Voters of Oakland. The League of Women Voters is a trusted membership organization that encourages informed and active participation in government. We do not support or oppose candidates or political parties. The advocacy arm of the League may take position on issues such as ballot measures and legislation, but this forum is presented by the Voter Service and Edu- the League, which does not take positions nor advocate for them. I'd like to remind everyone that the candidates have all agreed to participate under guidelines set for this forum. The guidelines are also posted outside of this room. As a matter of courtesy, please turn off all electronic devices. Please be aware that campaign literature or other forms of campaigning, such as buttons and T-shirts and signs, are not permitted inside the forum room in order to maintain neutrality. We are videotaping tonight's forum and broadcasting it through KTOP, Channel 10. The video of this forum will also be available on YouTube for the broader community to access. And you can find links to the video on our website, lwvoakland.org, or through votersedge.org. There are three forums on the agenda tonight. The first will be for the position of members of the East Bay Regional Park District's Board of Directors, Ward 4. The three candidates running for this position are Ellen Corbett, Otis Sanders, and Daniel Chesmore. The second and third forums this evening will be for positions on the AC Transit Board of Directors. There are two candidates running for Ward 2, Greg Harper and Russ Tillman, and two candidates running for the at-large position, Darlene Jones and Chris Peoples. Let's go over a few ground rules. Each candidate will have one and a half minutes for opening remarks. The order in which the candidates will speak has been determined by drawing lots. The timekeepers will signal candidates with colored signs marked 30 seconds and stop. As audience members arrive, volunteers provide cards for submitting written questions. The questions will be screened to avoid duplication and any personal attacks. The order of answering the questions will be alternated, and each candidate will have one minute to respond to each question. Again, the timekeepers will signal the candidates. There will be no separate rebuttals. However, candidates may choose to use some of their one minute to rebut the response given by another candidate. Following the questions, each candidate will have one and a half minutes for a closing statement. And now let's begin our first forum with our first candidate, Otis Sanders. Your opening statement will have one and a half minutes. Now, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, East Bay Regional Park, I've worked for East Bay Regional Park for over 30 years. And in that period of time, I've seen a lot of change take place, some good, and some was kind of marginal. But then I decided to run to try to address some of those marginal issues that I saw in the parks. Some of them are directly related to maintenance in the parks, how the parks are kept up and uh, for public use. Some of it is how the parks interact with city agencies and groups and getting young people out into the parks. 
I believe we can do a better job of that. And I believe I have some ideas on how that communication can start, where the community is communicating to get young people involved. Seniors use the parks. And when seniors use the parks, we need to have the facilities suitable that seniors can get around and use the parks in a safe and um, active way that they can get out and enjoy it better. Thank you. And now, Daniel Chesmore, you have one and a half minutes for your opening statement. Thank you so much, everyone. It's an honor to be here, and especially in City Hall in the city that I call home, Oakland. Uh, The city that we live in in Oakland is changing dynamically. The Oakland that we know today is not the Oakland that we knew 30, 40 years ago. It's changed considerably, and every day it's continually changing. But one thing cannot change are parks. Uh, My name is Daniel Chesmore. I'm a senior financial analyst at Planned Parenthood Northern California. I have a history working as a gay rights activist, bringing national attention to homophobia. My partner and I witnessed firsthand for simply holding hands. And that's exactly why I understand many of the issues that my constituents have spoken about, especially in regards to issues in accessibility and equity across our parks. We came up with this hashtag, Park Equity, to actually bring attention to much of the injustices and much, much of the inequality that exists systemically within the East Bay Regional Park District. There were two bodies discovered in our parks month after month in December and January, and the bodies of Omar Gomez Saldana and Eric Dwayne Smith must be commemorated, and we should honor the legacy by addressing the issues of security. I love my community. I'm a board member for two schools in Alameda. I serve as board treasurer for Alameda Community Learning Center and NIA Community Learning Center, and I love using my skills in finance to advance an organization. I'm passionate about our parks because I wouldn't be where I am today having graduated as a commencement speaker from the University of California, Berkeley, going off to pursue a career in corporate finance and currently heading a finance department at Planned Parenthood. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ms. Corbett. I should have learned from Otis. (laughs) Good evening. I'm Ellen Corbett. I'm running for East Bay Regional Park District Board 4. I'm an East Bay native. I grew up in the East Bay Regional Park District. Some of my most important lessons were learned in the parks. In fact, it changed the way I looked at the world, and in fact, it has influenced me and inspired me to be the environmental advocate that I still am today. Through my years of public service as a city council member and a mayor and a state assembly member and a senator, I've never forgotten those lessons, and I've been an avid environmentalist because of those early lessons. I want to bring my know-how and my experience that I've learned over the years with me to the East Bay Regional Park District. This is a very important position. The East Bay Parks take care of over 120,000 acres of parkland, over 1,200 miles of trails, and over 40 miles of shoreline. It is very important that we do whatever we can to ensure that they continue to be fiscally sound. Uh, We have a beautiful area that we live in, and it's largely because of the open spaces that have been preserved by the East Bay Regional Park District. They have a very important legacy, and I want to continue that legacy to protect our environment and protect our endangered species. Thank you. Thank you. And now we'll start with the questions, and again, each candidate will answer each question, and we'll have one minute for a response, and we'll start with Otis Sanders. Specifically, what are your qualifications and experience that prepare you to be, serve as an East Bay Regional Park District Director? My, my experience in that I've, I've worked in the parks 
I've worked on projects in the parks. I understand the, how the uh, appropriate funds for different projects that um, whether they are projects to improve the parks or, or projects that uh, come up because of inclement weather. Sometimes we have uh, money that have to be spent to correct things so it won't get better or worse. To um, And make better, I could help with uh, forging better relationships with people who have land and, and residents that are adjacent to the parks to make those relationships better and working together with the people to make sure that the parks uh, help preserve their easements and the things that they need to have done so that they can have access to the parks without conflict, help to resolve some of those conflicts. I believe that I could help with some of the uh, management problems when there are employees, management have problems, help forge some of those issues. Thank you. Mr. Chesmore. Hi. The same question. Oh, what, same are, question. what are your qualifications sure. and experience that prepare you to serve as an East Bay Regional Park District Director. Thank you so much for the question. Mm -hmm. I'm currently the head of financial planning and analysis at Planned Parenthood Northern California, where I'm proud to use my skills in finance, the background that I've acquired working at large publicly traded companies, as well as managing public funds uh, to actually do our fiduciary responsibility for this board. I believe it's one thing to have the passion, which I clearly have, but uh, the fi fiduciary background to make big decisions, balance the budget, build a forecast, uh, that's crucial for the maintenance and upkeep of our parks. Aside from my finance background, I have a background in education. I started off my career as a teacher, then uh, my career sort of took off in a spiral direction. After I, I worked as a teacher, I worked as a charter school consultant, then pursued finance, and I understand firsthand how education can uplift the lives of our community. And we need to work across every institution in our parks district, from the schools to the hospitals to the local groups to advance all of our communities. Thank, Thank you. you. Ms. Corbett. I think my most important qualification is I'm an avid park user. I, as I mentioned earlier, I spent a lot of time in the parks as a, as a young person, and now that I don't have to spend as much time driving back and forth from Sacramento, I have the opportunity to enjoy uh, the East Bay Regional Parks. Um, I think that um, my many years of experience in public service allow me to be uh, someone who will be an advocate, someone who will be a listener for the communities, from time to time, we do hear that um, neighbors are not always taken into consideration with regard to some of the decisions made at the parks. And I do believe, obviously, my record as a 100% voting record uh, for the Sierra Club and uh, environmental champion for the California League of Conservation Voters show that I have a great experience and love to protect the environment. Thank you. Now it's time for the second question, and Mr. Chesmore, you will start. Sure. Okay. What would you say is the biggest challenge that, that the Park District is facing currently? Sure. I think uh, there are multiple challenges facing the Parks District. There are issues in security. We had two tragedies month over month. Um, and also in California, we see across our state devastating fires throughout this entire summer. We saw them in San Bernardino, and we also have other um, epidemics that we need to address. The plague of Zika as well. In San Diego, there were 100 Zika mosquito larvae found in houses, and officials sprayed 100 houses to actually eradicate the, the threat of Zika. I think uh, since Congress has failed to act on this, uh, we must take a more proactive standpoint at the local level. And I think by using the Parks District to, to work across a coordinated outlet to have a, an emergency preparedness plans for future epidemics, that should also be addressed. And that's why fire safety, accessibility, and park equity have been at the top of our campaign. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Ms. Corbett. 
I would say, um, especially, again, based on my past experience, uh, one of the biggest challenges is making sure that we continue to keep the park district fiscally sound. Mm -hmm. During tough economic times, unfortunately, parks are one of the first types of public services that get cut. And so, uh, you know, I think making sure that we continue to show the communities that there is transparency, that we are adequately uh, serving the needs of communities, we build that support base that will continue to support the measures that are placed on the ballot from time to time to support, again, the efforts of the district to preserve land. Also, encroachment. Obviously, the park district has a very important role to protect the open spaces throughout the Bay Area, and uh, it's a very important um, uh, thing that the district does, and that is protect and acquire properties in order to link them together so that we have great parks. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And Mr. Sanders? What do you think is the biggest challenge facing the Park District these days? Well, I think one uh, here in the Bay Area is uh, fire safety. Uh, in other areas, I think that it's getting the communities involved. I don't know how many people who uh, I have worked on tw- uh, at least 12,000 of my, uh, miles of trails over the years of um, park land. And the public don't get a chance to get out and use those parks because of accessibility. And I would work hard to try to make sure that people get to use the parks. People know about East Bay Regional Parks, but they don't use it as much. And I think that's because of the way the park reach out, reaching out to the communities, getting uh, the underprivileged kids involved and getting other people involved so that they can enjoy the parks. I think the uh, budget is one of the priorities that they have to keep up. I worked on Measure W back when that was needed, and there was a lot of issues that was being addressed. That passed. The parks have been doing well since, and I could help to address those issues as the funding is required. Thank you, Mr. Sanders. And now, Ms. Corbett, you'll start on this uh, question. How can the East Bay Regional Park facilitate the safe use of parks and trails by all? Hikers, bikers, dogs. Yes, well, that question takes more than a minute to answer, but I'll do my best. (laughs) Obviously, uh, the Park District has different types of trails. There are multi-use trails. There are single-use trails. Um, There are a lot of um, amazing uses, as you have noted in your question. I think it's very important to make sure that the Park District does have a good, strong network of multi-use trails that can be used by uh, hikers, dog walkers, people who are riding bikes and and others, equestrians. But it's also important to make sure that we outreach into the community. If we have the opportunity to talk with the various different user groups and satisfy concerns, then we won't have conflicts. We want to head those conflicts off at the beginning as opposed to the end. Thank you very much. Mr. Sanders, would you answer that question? How can East Bay Regional Parks facilitate the safe use of parks and trails by all. I think, well, one thing, East Bay Regional Park have a police force already. They have security in place. The thing that I think is that helping, uh, having the employees to help the public to understand the rules of the parks. Down through the years, there's been a lot of problem with bike riders versus horse riders, I mean horseback riders. There have been uh, conflicts between horse people and dog people. But 
having more community forums so that they can come together and talk about the issues that they are facing. Some people want to let the dog run in the creek when it's uh, off limit. So addressing those issues that makes it safe for everybody so that if you are seeing you out there rocking, you don't want a dog to come up and uh, frighten you. Enforcing those rules that are already in place to help it make it uh, safe for everybody. And when it's safe for everybody, we all get a chance to enjoy the parks. But you have to have that uh, line of communication with all people that are um, participating and using the parks. And when you do that, I think it'll help make the parks safer because people are aware. Thank you. Mr. Chessmore, your response to that question. Thank you so much for the question. I think the answer is education. I think we should, rather than criminalize dog owners, for example, um, we should educate them to understand the biodiversity that exists in our parks as well as endangered species at risk. For example, the red-tailed frog, uh, endangered species of flora and fauna, and that plethora of information should be available for hikers, bikers, equestrian horseback riders, for swimmers, and that's what we really should be working on. Um, I, I fully support educating the public, expanding public outreach, and providing services so that we can uplift the next generation of park stewards, of environmental scientists, of biologists, because the parks provide one thing that nowhere else really can, a tangible learning experience that will outlive each and every single one of us, and that's powerful. That same narrative uh, can really be echoed when we can successfully uh, resonate through education and uplifting our citizens to understanding the harmony that exists through our parks, because the parks can't do it alone. If we were to tackle issues like climate change, we really have to work together in a coordinated fashion. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, this question will be answered first by Mr. Sanders. What steps would you take to increase user group participation in determining the rules and access for parks? Have you been involved in these efforts through your work or volunteer activities? Yeah, both the work and volunteer activities have a been involved in trying to let people know what the rules are in the parks. I've been, uh, been an employee. I've been asked questions about dog use, where you can fish, and what times. And and uh, but it'll be a, a collaborative effort to go into the community, boys clubs, and uh, um, faith-based communities to talk, uh, to talk to them about what the parks are, what the rules are in the park, how the parks can be favorable for them to come out and use them. It's a big health thing now. I walk in the parks quite a bit, and I try to stay healthy. That is something that people can use that can help them to be healthier, and uh, it would be uh, more inclined for the community to come out if they know the information, when the parks are open, what the rules in the park, can they bring a dog, can they ride the horse, can we ride the bike, when, where, and letting the public know and inviting them in. I think that will help to enhance park use and the public uh, perception of the parks and the public use of the parks. Uh, one other thing, diversity is a big problem that the parks have. They don't have enough diversity, and I think that if the park made a greater effort to get out into the community, that would help the diversity into the parks. Thank you. Okay. Mr. Chesmore, what steps would you take to increase user group participation in determining the rules and access for the parks? And have you been involved in these efforts through your work or volunteer activities? Sure. So I volunteer my in my hometown of East, of East Oakland to plant trees with the Sierra Club. The most active member of that club is actually in the audience. That's my partner, Jose. He's very modest over there. And so we plant trees to actually, up, to actually combat climate change, pollution, and to prove air quality. Um, I believe that children in Oakland should be just as a uh, resource in terms of their outreach services, and we can make an individual effort to really go about um, combating this, these issues at the individual level. 
and I seek to inspire next generation. Uh, as individuals, oftentimes we think that we're underestimated, but we're really not. Uh, an individual can go outside and plant a tree that will outlive one's own life, and that's inspiring. And uh, someone, with, someone with that passion, someone with that mindset that really wants to bring a new generation to the parks, that literally is the next generation in the parks, I'm very thankful to be here and to talk about these issues. Thank you. Ms. Corbett, how we, what steps would you take to increase user group participation in determining rules and access for the parks? And have you been involved in these efforts through your work or as a volunteer? Yes. As a matter of fact, I was very proud of the fact that uh, as a senator and assembly member, I started an idea that a lot of legislators are copying now, and that was town hall in the park. Um, often uh, legislators uh, invite the community in to ask questions and give thoughts on uh, uh, what direction they'd like that legislator to take. And I instituted uh, town hall. We called it the walking town hall. And every year we would uh, invite the community in to take a walk through one of the East Bay Regional Parks with a naturalist. They had the opportunity to talk to me and do the town hall, but we brought people into the parks. I can't tell you how many people told me, I've never been to this park before. I never thought of coming to this park to, before. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm coming back. We have plenty of opportunities. We have online opportunities to get people involved. We could do open houses at the parks. We could go into the schools and have contests to bring children into the parks. Uh, the sky is the limit, and um, I think we should be doing more of that. Thank you very much. Um, so, Daniel, you'll start with and I'll be the first person to respond to this question. What is your position on the use of drones in the park? My microphone, excuse me. So my, my position on drones are um, if actually uh, we, can't, we shouldn't actually have drones in our parks. Um, I understand that there is that freedom that, that, that uh, families want to fly their drones, but however, that poses a direct safety hazard. A lot of times uh, we're not really sure in terms of the, the aftermath that drones can have, but uh, I think uh, drones can really pose a devastating sa safety hazard. I think if we can have some outreach and some education and hold more public forums to really teach about some of the dangers of, of drones... I think we can actually see if we can eventually open up the parks to have drones, but I support the current policy in which drones should not be allowed in the parks. Thank you very much. Ms. Corbett. I support the current East Bay Regional Park District policy as well to not allow drones in the parks. Uh, we, we dealt with this issue in the legislature. Um, uh, many concerns uh, have been raised by the use of uh, drones, not to mention the invasion of people's privacy with drones. Um, there have been uh, situations in the past where drones have been in competition with fi uh, flight, uh, firefighting um, apparatus, firefighting flights, those sorts of things. So I agree uh, it's uh, not the place for drones. And, um, you know, it's nice to have a little peace and quiet while you're in the park. And so... Another reason why uh, drones maybe are not appropriate use in the parks. Thank you. <laughs> and Mr. Sanders, what is your uh, thought about drones in the park? Well, I think drones is uh, coming to the parks, and I think that the, uh, I don't. My my opinion now is that the parks should uh, maintain the rules that they have, but start to, to the dialogue to talk about where can uh, they be safely flown what parts can they be uh, safely used in because i believe it's coming in the future that people are going to have a place to go out and learn how to uh, operate their drones and i think the parks is going to be one of those places and they should uh, work on the rules and uh, ways to uh, 
uh, make them safe and to make that activity safe uh, in what area it um, ended up being. We have a lot of open space that are not uh, within city limits or are close to populations to where people can possibly use those drones, but it has to be determined and worked out before they are allowed to do so. Thank you very much. This next question will be our last, and then we'll move on to closing statements. And so, uh, Ms. Corbett, you'll go first for this one. Um, the Chabot Gun Club was recently closed. Is it possible that it can reopen? There were people who were very unhappy that it was being closed. Yes, and I've heard from many people. Um, I know the decision uh, that was made uh, happened after many hearings, um, I do know in talking to some of the uh, board members that the decision was made primarily because they were concerned about the um, the health impacts of the lead and it uh, leaching into the lake. I do know also, though, that the gun club was used uh, to train people, safety training. A lot of our law enforcement officers used that particular uh, club in order to get their safety training for uh, uh, you know, for their work. So um, I think that there's an opportunity for additional discussion about where the safety training can occur. But I think we also need to tackle this issue of uh, lead in the soil and whether it is leaching into the lake. And in fact, whatever is done, uh, some very serious uh, decisions are going to have to be made on cleanup and how that will occur. Thank you. Mr. Sanders. Your thoughts about the Chabot Gun Clubs? Well, my, my thoughts is the, the gun club, I've uh, been there and used the gun club myself. But in terms of the uh, lead and the things that are uh, environmentally um, uh, concerns that had to be addressed with the gun club, I think they're right to close it at this point. The people who may, may or may not come back and want to try to uh, justify why we should have the gun club. And if it does, I think it will be at a, a limited use, mostly for safety officers that would go there and train, but not for the public use. Uh, the public would probably have to find another place. I don't. Uh, and with my experience, the public didn't use that gun club in large numbers. The public used it, but not in numbers to where I would say that uh, um, a movement to try to get it to reopen that they have enough support that will make that happen. But I do see the support for the safety for police officers and our uh, security people to go there and train. Thank you. Mr. Chesmar. Thank you so much for the question. So my family probably won't like my answer because my father is a member of the NRA, but we see very differently on this issue as, as uh, my cousin, who's a trap shooter. I actually do support the park's decision to close this gun club we must evaluate um, the toxic runoff from the lead as well as do the adequate environmental impact studies before we can really have the conversation over um, seeing if we can reopen any such rec recreational facility. We must put the environment and the park's mission first above any of our own concerns. I'm a biker, but I understand as well that uh, we must first prioritize the mission, which is to perpetually preserve our parks. And we can't do that if we're allowing lead runoff. We can't do that if we're causing noise disturbance, sound disturbance, to deter our patrons in the parks. And that's why I support the parks' decision on this issue, and I actually want to support more comprehensive gun reform uh, so that we can actually end much of the militarization of our police in the East Bay Regional Parks District. As a protester with the Black Lives Matter movement, 
I understand firsthand the issue of uh, civil rights being violated by our police force. And if Congress could pass a law um, to actually pass gun reform, they've been very behind because uh, we've been asking for it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now it's time for the candidates to make their closing statement. And we'll start with Ms. Corbett. Thank you very much, and I especially want to thank the League of Voters for allowing us this platform um, today. Uh, you are very busy with all the initiatives on the ballot, and thank you for that. Um, I um, take this position quite seriously. Um, this the, the East Bay Regional Park District has a very important mission, and that is to protect the legacy of the East Bay environment. Um, back in the 30s, some very well some very thoughtful, well-thoughtful people, well, that's not a very good way to say it, but some very thoughtful people determined it was important for us to protect the legacy of our parks and the uniqueness of the East Bay. And I think they decided the right thing. I'm very honored uh, to have the support of several people uh, for this race. Uh, because I've been a strong environmentalist, I'm the only candidate in the race to be endorsed by the Sierra Club. Because of my many years of progressive service, fighting for families and fighting for seniors, and insisting upon um, quality education, I have the support of the Democratic Party, the only candidate endorsed by the Democratic Party in this race. I'm also endorsed by Mayor Libby Schaff, and Mayor Pauline Cutter, and Mary, Ma Mayor Barbara Halliday, and also Senator Lonnie Hancock, and Senator Bob Wykowski, and Assemblymember Bonta. I'm very, very proud to have the support of these individuals who also have spent so much time in public safety. Um, we have some great choices, uh, but I do hope, uh, based on my experience and my passion for the parks, you will decide to vote for me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Chesmore. I'm running because I was tired of the inequity in our parks, and I believe that our parks can play an integral role in combating many of the issues that we see the second we walk outside the City Hall in Oakland. Issues in public health, issues in violence, drugs, gangs, dismal uh, uh, dropout rates in high schools. The parks and having corpses discovered in our parks, that's not really helping. And I want to bring attention to that issue, and that's exactly why I'm running. I was tired of the social inequity in our parks, and uh, as the only Oakland candidate, endorsed by Mayor Trisha Spencer of Alameda, former State Assemblyman Tom Amiano, by members of the Oakland City Council, such as Desley Brooks, as well as members of Oakland Unified School District, Shanti Gonzalez, progressive voices. I believe that I, and also, I was also endorsed for my environmental platform by the Alameda County Green Party the most progressive voice when it comes to environmental justice and sustainability. So if you believe in advocating against climate change, if you believe in changing the status quo of our parks, I would absolutely love your vote. Daniel Chesmore, 1S. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mr. Sanders. Yes. East Bay Regional Parks is, uh, I think, is one of the great, uh, one of the better ran park districts in the country. And seeing that and knowing that, I believe that if we worked a little harder, we can make it even better, and it do need to be better. One of the issues that I have is that the diversity in the parks, uh, men and women, we have hired a lot more women into the parks, which is good, and giving them a chance and their children uh, opportunity to get to know what, what's out there, what the parks are all about, the wildland parks. We know about city parks, but the wildland parks, there are foxes and deers and and people on horseback and all kinds of things and cows and all these things are in the parks. But a lot of the uh, inner city youth don't get a chance to experience that. And I would try to help champion that 
uh, through, uh, once again, the faith-based community, the boys club, the all of the groups that are handling young people to help them to get out into the park. Also, encouraging sen- seniors, bus trips. Uh, I'm a senior now myself, so <laughs> <laughs> we go out and, and, and walk the parks and know what's going on in the parks. The uh, endorsements that I have, uh, Mr. Doug Seiden, who I have worked with with the Martin uh, with the uh, Martin Luther King Rally Committee. We put on a rally every year, and the parks support that to help bring uh, young people to the uh, rally, and also at the chance to inform them about the parks and what's going on in the parks. We need more efforts like that to get the public uh, to know about the parks and get them involved in the parks so that it can service everyone. The diversity in the parks is uh, very necessary. Thank you. Thank you very much. On behalf of the League of Women Voters of Oakland, I want to thank you, the candidates, for running for this office and for your participation this evening. I also want to thank the audience for coming to meet the candidates and proposing thoughtful questions. For further information about upcoming forums, the candidates, and ballot measures, please visit the League's award-winning and easy-to-use websites, lwvoakland.org and votersedge.org. There you will find information about candidates and ballot measures and links to other sources of information about the upcoming election. Members of the League of Women Voters do hands-on work to safeguard democracy. While we never endorse a candidate, we are directly involved in shaping important issues to keep our community strong. If you'd like to be involved with the men and women helping make democracy work, it's easy to join the League. There is membership information on a table just outside of the hearing room, and you can also join using our website at lwvoakland.org. Visit us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Look for the League's Oakland Easy Voter Guide inserted in the October 5th issue of the East Bay Express. The deadline to register to vote is Monday, October 24th. If you have moved or changed your name or wish to change your party affiliation since you last registered, you need to re-register by October 24th. Online voter registration is available at the Secretary of State's website, sos.ca.gov, or we have voter registration forms available here tonight. Please stop at our table on your way out for forms and other information. And remember to vote by mail or at the polls on Tuesday, November 8th. Encourage your family, friends, and neighbors to vote, too. Thank you. And thank Thank you, you so much. Legal Women Voters. Thank you. Thank you.